off, let me explain. It's me, your friend, your host, Nicole. And now that I've introduced myself for, what, the sixth time, since this is considered my sixth episode, I'm wondering if I should still introduce myself. Should I keep it? Should I leave it? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. Welcome back. So for this episode, I wanted to get a little personal, but more under the umbrella of therapy. Now, I've been going to therapy on and off practically my entire life. I first started when I was four years old, um, mainly because at the time of my parents' divorce, I was very delusional about it. And my mom thought it was best for me to talk to someone about it. Uh, She did what a mother thought was best, which I'm happy she kind of started me at such an early age because at least I knew from the very beginning that seeking help was the right thing to do. Now, I am definitely going to be planning a future episode around my experience in therapy and things that I talk about. But for today's episode, I'm going to be specifically talking about the different things therapy has taught me about relationships or, or I mean, or just in general, as far as how to communicate the kind of perspective I now have in relationships because of therapy. And I wanted to share those lessons with everybody because I think it's important for people who are in these relationships that kind of struggle with the same things I used to struggle with could kind of take away and say, hey, I never thought of it this way. Maybe I can apply it in my relationship. Or maybe this is a good idea to consider for the next time I have a conversation with my partner. However you feel could benefit you, I hope it helps. If you think like, "Mm, I don't know, Nicole, that doesn't seem about right. Well, listen, blame my therapist. I'll send you the information. You can go ahead and have a talk with that person. But at least for me and for the advice I give to my friends, it always helps. And so I hope it helps you. So if you are interested on hearing these lessons that I've learned, um, stay tuned. Now, before I really get into it, I just want to make clear that I am not the perfect partner, okay? I make mistakes, I have flaws, and my relationships have not always been perfect. So where I'm sitting and how I am talking to you as you're listening to this advice, I do not want you to think that I am sitting on some type of pedestal, like as if... I've mastered it all in relationships because for those who know me and my situation will know that I am far from being the guru of perfect relationships, okay? That is not the case at all. I am coming from a place from going to therapy, bringing up certain topics that I will bring up on this episode, and the advice that therapy has given me and what I've taken away from that and how I apply it in my current relationship and previous relationships, what my friends apply to their relationships from what I've told them. This is where I'm coming from. So no ma'am, no sir, am I the person of reason of, you know, I am the person, 
you know, writing the next book on perfect relationships. Absolutely not. People know I get crazy. People know I get ratchet. Like, trust me, I am not perfect at all. Like, please do not think I am sitting here like as if I know it all because I do not know it all. Okay. Again, I'm just coming from a place that I've been, you know, coming from a place of honesty as far as admitting that these issues I've had, gone to therapy, so on and so forth. I'm sorry if I repeat myself a lot. I've, I've always feel like I have to over explain myself. Hi, uh, have you read the title of this podcast? <laughs> let me explain. So let me explain. Okay, so from these like little advice um, hits, I'm just they're, they're gonna bounce around from different timelines of my life. So for example, I'm gonna begin. I remember I was dating this person, this guy, okay, and um, not this guy from the first episode, but just, you know, let me, let's just keep it as, you know, this a guy, a guy that I dated. And I remember him and I used to fight a lot. And it got to a point where I never felt like I could get through, the, through to this person, no matter how many times I would, like, break it down. I could literally talk to this person like a five-year-old and say, listen to me. I am literally telling you a breakdown of what I'm feeling like, and you are just not registering this. And this is something that I used to bring up to my therapist. And one of the things she would tell me is, okay, how are you communicating? So that's going to be the first thing I'm going to talk about, how to communicate, right? So the way that I used to communicate my feelings with my partner is I would say things like, I feel like you never listen to me. I feel like you ignore me. I feel like every time I bring this shit up, you always have something smart to say. Like I would always start off my feelings or my up like my triggers, my the you know the things that would upset me, my issues, and I would just begin my sentences with I feel like you. And my therapist always told me like no. You're not going to base your arguments from a place of aggravation, resentment, and and manipulation. Like, you're not going to do that. When you communicate your feelings, you're going to explain your feelings, and then you're going to explain why you feel that way. You're not going to put the blame on the person right away because you should never base your feelings on a person's, person's actions. You know what I mean? It kind of like circles back to that idea where like you should never depend your happiness on a person. Well, goes the same for like your anger. You should never place your anger on a person. You need to place it on like admitting your emotion and why you feel like this. Because it's not on the person. It's obviously by the person what they're doing. I hope I'm making sense. So for example, instead of saying, I feel like you never listen to me or I feel like you don't give a fuck. You would say, well, I would say it makes me angry and sad when I tell you about my day and you look at your phone. It makes me feel like I'm not that important to you or that you don't care about me. See the difference? It's a lot of work. It's a lot of over explaining, but at least you're stating your what you feel like instead of saying I feel like you no I feel upset because that's my those are my feelings I feel triggered I feel angry I feel sad I feel aggravated when when I 
ask you this or when I do this. You know what I mean? Like you're not immediately attacking the other person with your feelings. And I feel like that took me a really long time to kind of learn because when I'm upset, I am very impulsive. You know what I mean? Like I am a very reactive person um, and people who are close to me know this about me. Um, sometimes I just go straight to the artery when I'm upset, which is not healthy. We all have toxic traits, okay? <laughs> Hence why I go to therapy. Hi. And so that is something that I've learned throughout the time in therapy. So that was something I really took from therapy um, is just learning how to communicate. Now, another thing that I learned from therapy was the perfect partner test. Now, I remember this was like in my early 20s. I was dating this guy and I remember, you know, he was so different. He was so different from anybody else I dated and everything was like very brand new to me. I never dated anyone like him before. Um, it was exciting and we went on a lot of dates. I wanted to take it slow and I just felt like there was so much potential. You know what I mean? Like he was always so thoughtful, so generous. He had all these great ideas. We more or less had the same goals. You know, he really admired my traveling, my thirst for like creativity. Because at the time that was when I was traveling a lot, taking a lot of pictures. I was sort of toying with the idea of creating a blog, you know, all these ideas. And he really like was attracted to that. And so when him and I officially became official, I just noticed a complete decline in his consistency in our relationship. You know, it was like, it was like we were official and then all of a sudden he just didn't have much to talk about anymore. He didn't have all these great ideas anymore. He just lacked motivation on everything. And little things about him started to really surface. Like he was a big pothead never knew this about him. He had troubles with communicating, period. Like, I could literally sit in front of him and try to have a conversation with him, and all I would get was short answers. And it was confusing because after a while, it's like, you know, do you even like me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you tried so hard to get me, you know what I mean, and to have me as your girlfriend, that now that we're here, it seems like you have nothing to talk about. You have nothing to say. All of these things you were excited to start with school, graduating, saving money, wanting to do all these things. All of a sudden, you don't have money. All of a sudden, you don't have the time. You know, now hanging out with your friends and smoking weed is more important. You know, like a lot of these things started to really surface. And I guess at the time, it didn't make sense to me because in my head, I was still stuck in those beginning stages of our relationship. I was stuck on, well... He was just so great and he was so thoughtful and he was so this and so that and he just had all this potential and I will talk about it with my therapist because any other girl who was very secure about herself and did not care about being alone would have seen that kind of behavior and would have been like, bye, I'm not standing for this, you're boring, uh, you're wasting my time, you know, peace. Me, on the other hand, was so stuck on being loyal and wanting to work it out with this part, this person because of all of the great hype in the very beginning, which is so common, I didn't want to let it go right away. Like I really wanted to work at it. 
and poor Nicole thought she was the issue. I'm over here thinking, am I not interesting enough? Am I whack? Like, am I not cool enough? Did Am, am I not, the, you know, the the person he thought? Like, I'm over here thinking I'm the fucking problem when I, when I wasn't the problem. He clearly was. He put on a, a show, a mask, a persona that he thought would is what I needed. I mean, obviously it is what I needed. It's, it's what made me like you. It's what made me have sex with you. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, the person you were to me in the very beginning is who I want 24 hours, seven days a week. And after he got it in the bag, it was like, all right, let me kick my feet up, sit back. I'm chilling at this point. It was, it was, it was such a shock. But, you know, I went to therapy telling, you know, pouring out all these things that I'm like having issues with. And so the therapist was like, okay, well, why don't we do the perfect partner test? Okay. And she pretty much was like, look, there is no such thing as a perfect partner. Okay. I mean, there, there's not. Okay. But at least what we can do is make this worksheet. So she literally gave me a worksheet and I, oh my God, I wish I still had this worksheet. I lost it. I don't know where it is, but luckily I have good memory and I can just kind of say it verbatim. So pretty much this perfect partner test was a worksheet and it was made up of these sentences with fill in the blanks. And every sentence will start. My part, my perfect partner would say blank when I'm having a bad day. My perfect partner will blank and blank and blank to make me happy. My perfect partner is blank to my friends and family. Like, you know what I'm saying, right? You get it? Okay, cool. So she would say, okay, I want you to fill out this worksheet and put in what a perfect partner would, would do. So for example, for me, my perfect partner would say, here is a glass of wine <laughs> when I'm having a bad day, right? Or for the second sentence, my perfect partner will buy me dinner and take me out to eat and make me dessert to make me happy. Guys, I'm literally just saying random things. These are not the only, these are not specific things that would make me happy. Other things would make me happy because I'm like flowing right now and I'm talking. I can't really think of specific things. I have not needed to do this partner test yet. So I don't have the perfect answers. But you get what I'm, you, you get the motion of the ocean, right? Okay, cool. And I'm so sorry that I'm using these corny ass lines. But again, we're flowing, we're here, I'm drinking wine, we're talking, let me have this. Okay, okay. So pretty much fill out this worksheet to the point where you would feel your perfect partner will mirror. And now make another worksheet, same thing, but replace my perfect partner with the name of your boyfriend, the name of your partner, the name of your girlfriend, and you'll replace my perfect partner with that person's name, and then write down what they would literally do. So let's say your partner is Merlot, because that's what I'm drinking. Hi, cool. So let's say, okay, Merlot would say, I don't care when I'm having a bad day. Merlot will pull out his penis or vagina or strap on and sorry what the fuck am I saying and put on Spongebob and go take a shower to make me happy 
Merlot sounds like a shitty partner. But the point is, I want you to now replace the person that you're dating's name with what they would literally do when you are having a bad day or what they would do to make you happy or who they would be to your friends and family. And then I want you to put those two worksheets filled out side to side and see if your perfect partner would mirror what your partner would do. And that is pretty much to show you, obviously, you know, they're not, more, more chances than not, they're not going to have the same type of answers, but it should come close. And if it doesn't, then you need to ask yourself, should you really be with this person? And trust me, me out of all people, you may not know what I'm really going through, guys. And I'm not going to get too deep with it in this episode, you know, because I think some things deserve to be private. I'm not saying I'm in a shitty predicament. You know what I mean? But everybody goes through their issues. Everybody goes through their their stuff. You know what I mean? So I know it's not always black and white. I know it's not always cookie cutter. Like, it's, I know it's not that easy. Trust me. Did you not hear my first episode? <laughs> I was literally in a toxic relationship for five months. Okay. Longer than I should have been. Okay. And shit got super real. And I was super young. So even as you get older, that shit gets harder. So I know you're probably listening and you're like, yeah, Nicole, that's cute. Perfect partner test. Ha ha ha. But it's not that easy. I trust me. Trust me. Girl, honey, sweetie, baby, I know. I get it. But if you need a little push, if you need a little oomph, this exercise really helps you put things into perspective and could really make you face the truth on your relationship on whether or not this partner is for you. Get what I'm saying? Okay, cool. Let's move on. So the third thing I wanted to bring up as far as what I've learned about relationships especially in therapy, is defining sex. Now, it gets a little tricky because, you know, all of my partners have... I don't, I don't want to sound weird when I say this. I really don't. But they love my body, okay? <laughs> and the person you're with should love your body too, no matter what, Okay? I'm not going to talk about my sex life too much. I don't want this podcast to be too much about that. I'm sure there's going to come an episode where I'm feeling, you know, loosey-goosey and I'm like, (laughs) what the fuck am I saying? What is in this wine? Jesus. I know there's going to come a point in the episode where I'm going to feel comfortable enough to, you know, get a little real about certain things. But for now, I'm not trying to get to that realm. But it's important that when you're in a relationship, and again, this is what I've learned in therapy, is how you define sex in a relationship, okay? Because people choose to have sex for many different reasons. They choose to have sex because it's their love language. They do it to release stress. Uh, they do it to celebrate and to feel happy. Like, hey, it's a birthday. Hey, it's a it's a celebration. Let's get it on. You know what I mean? Maybe sex is a distraction, a substitution for an addiction. You know, to respect my current partner, I don't want to get too detailed with it, but I think 
the reason why um with you know first episode episode with this guy the one that slashed my tires he used sex as a substitution for his addiction you know whenever he was going to cut off his addiction to alcohol or to pill popping all he wanted was to have sex and I define sex with love and intimacy. It's it's my love language. For him, it was more of a distraction. It was a substitution. It was, you know, I need a fix. I need a fix. And I was his fix. And that's why it was so intense. And, you know, I only talked about the negative parts of that moment in my life because I sh things like that should never be romanticized. So I was very careful on how I told my story when it came to that episode because I didn't want people thinking that it was some, you know, intense euphoria type of situation. Absolutely not. It was toxic. It was unhealthy. It was dangerous. And that's all that should ever be focused on when it came to that. But if I'm going to be honest, the reason why I stuck around a lot was because it was intense and I made the mistake of romanticizing that intensity. So I think it's important and not just me, but in therapy and what therapy taught me about relationships as far as defining sex is understanding what it means to yourself and what it means to your partner. And so once you kind of understand that, it will help you understand your partner, period. Um, because I remember dating a guy where I, because I am a very affectionate touchy you know person um the guy I was with was not I mean he was but he wasn't you know what I mean like his love language was more like I'm gonna do things for you let me fix your car let me do the dishes let me cook for you let me you know what I mean and that is that's beautiful I love that I love that I love acts of service um but then you know when there were nights where I wanted to have sex and he didn't that would make me feel like shit because I would be like, damn, what, you don't love me? You don't want to have sex with me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I would, I, would, I, I would identify that. I would register that very different. So defining sex and knowing what it means to your partner and to yourself, I think, you know, it helps a lot. And now the last one, receiving help and deciding on couples therapy. I remember I was going to a therapist. And I was telling them about a partner that I had. And I was saying how I really wanted to go to couples therapy with my partner. And as much as my partner felt like, oh, we don't need that. We don't need that. We could work out our issues just one-on-one. -on -one, I truly felt like that wasn't an option anymore. Because anytime I would explain, communicate, break down my issues that person would listen, but wouldn't really do anything. You know, I communicated, but nothing was comprehended. Do you get what I'm saying? So I remember expressing that to a therapist one time. And I was like, you know, I've been telling him I want to go to couples therapy because I think it's important. I think he has a lot of trauma and he's not really working that out. And he takes it out on me at times. And like, I don't know how to go forward from here. And one of the things that therapist did tell me was like, look, there are two different types of people that the therapist treats, okay? The therapist was actually a man. 
he was like, there are the people that come seek help because they want help. And then there are the people that come in because they're doing it to please their partner, their family, etc., etc. So you need to ask yourself, does the person you want to be with or the or the person you're with want to come to therapy because they want to get better or because they want to please you? And once you come up with your answer, that should tell you everything you need to know about the kind of effort you should be putting in. And it was kind of a hard pill to swallow because I knew the answer. The answer is he would only be coming in to make me happy or to just kind of, aka, shut me up. You know what I mean? So it's hard, you know, because there's only so much you can put into a relationship and how much you're willing to get out of it, blah, blah, blah. So... You know, going to couples therapy definitely has to be two people agreeing and let's get the ball rolling. Let's do this. I want it to work out. I love you. I want I want this. I want it to work out. You know what I mean? So it was a hard pill for me to swallow and, you know, it is what it is. But I'm not opposed to therapy. I, I, I don't want to say that I love going to therapy because, to be honest with you, in the past... Because the thing is, when I started going to therapy as a child, I didn't go after a, a really long time. And I went back when I was about 20. And between the ages of 20 to 28, which is the age I am now, I have gone through maybe five or six different types of therapists. A lot of it has to do with my insurance covering it or what what insurance I had at the time that covered what counselors that decided to move or just wasn't at the same office anymore and I just kind of lost their information. The last therapist I was seeing, I ended up, I don't want to say fired, but I just stopped seeing him. I was like, goodbye. Um, I'll talk about that on another episode. But I am a strong advocate for therapy. Anytime I talk to anyone, I'm like, you should go to therapy. <laughs> I am 100% on board with it. No, but it's cool. It's cool. So definitely consider it if you if you are considering it. But these are the things I learned while going to therapy. Or, I'm sorry, I take it back. Not going to therapy. My brain is a little fuzzy right now. Um, this is what I've learned about relationships in therapy. Now... For those that are new to the podcast or new to getting to know me, I am also a writer and I had a website or have a website. It's www.nicoleasev.com. That's www.nicoleasev.com. <laughs> where I showcase all of my articles and I wrote an article about the three things therapy taught me about relationships. So I used my article that I've written as an outline for this podcast episode. So if you want something more like, I don't want to say tangible, but something that you could kind of refer back to, um, if you go on my website and you go under secrets to my lifestyle on the tabs, you'll see an article 
me. Um, it's a picture of me on the floor of a gas station. <laughs> Anything to get a good Instagram picture. And even like that, I don't even think the picture came out that cute. But I needed something for the article. Um, you'll see my article written and it's a breakdown of everything that I pretty much talked about on this podcast. I did add in, um, an extra element to the podcast because it's something that I recently learned. Um, however, if you don't feel like rewinding back to this episode, you can find an outline of what I just talked about on my website, um, in case you want to go back to it. But I hope it helps. I do intend to talk more about mental health. Um, on the podcast as far as, you know, things that I struggle with, things that trigger me, things I've talked about in therapy. Um, I'm definitely open to talking about it. I'm not shy about it. I do think that certain things do need and should remain private. Um, I'm not that desperate for attention. And that's no shade to anyone who is outspoken about their vulnerabilities and their personal lives. But I do think that it's important to just keep something sacred and private um, because, you know, there are things I'm still working through that, you know, don't necessarily need to be discussed out loud. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay, cool. Well, I hope this episode helps a lot. I adore you guys. Thank you so much for listening in. Please don't forget to subscribe, to rate to follow me on Instagram at NicoleAsap.com. What the fuck did I just say? That is not my Instagram handle. My Instagram handle is at NicoleAsap. That's it. <laughs> Be sure to also sign up to my emailing list on my website, www.NicoleAsap.com. And thank you again to all the love and to all the support. Hit me up through Instagram if you have any questions, if there, in, if there are any topics you want me to specifically talk about, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm open. Let's do this. I love you. Thank you, guys. Thank you again, my friends. I love you. Be safe.